Hey guys, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is February 28th. Thanks for joining us today. I'm excited because I love this chapter that we're going to be looking at today, which is chapter 29. So in chapter 29, it starts out in verse 1 by saying, But behold, there shall be many at that day when I shall proceed to do a marvelous work among them. Now here in verse 1, that marvelous work that's being talked about is the coming forth of the Book of Mormon. If you've listened before, you know that I love the word that in the scriptures because the word that is telling me why something is happening. It's telling me the reasons. Now, that being said, verse 1 says that God's going to proceed to do a marvelous work among the children of men, and that marvelous work is the coming forth of the Book of Mormon. And then there are four that's which give us reasons why Heavenly Father is going to bring this book in the latter days. The first one is in verse 1 where it says, That I may remember my covenants which I have made unto the children of men. So it's to help us remember the covenants which God has made with his kids, his promises. We see the covenants of God a lot in the Old Testament, but we also get the chance in the Book of Mormon to see the covenants of God revealed again. So that's one reason. The next reason says that I may set my hand again the second time to recover my people. So that's talking about the restoration of the gospel, about Heavenly Father reaching forth his hand to save his children again through his covenants, through his ordinances, which are made possible through the restoration. Now, I want you to imagine trying to convert someone to the restoration of the gospel without the use of the Book of Mormon. Teaching someone about the prophet Joseph Smith and the, the first vision and the restoration without saying, and here is the evidence of that and putting a Book of Mormon in their hand. It would kind of just be like, hey, yeah, there was this guy and he was a prophet and he restored a church and believe me, okay, I promise it happened, right? But there is power as a missionary when you explain to someone that Joseph Smith was a prophet, that he restored a church, and here are the fruits to show that he was a prophet of God. When the New Testament says, by their fruits you shall know them, Heavenly Father prepared a fruit so that we could know Joseph Smith as a true prophet. And so when it says that the Book of Mormon would be brought forth in the latter days so that he could recover his people, it's talking about the Book of Mormon being that incredible aid in conversion to the church in the latter days. So I really love that one. The next says, that I may remember the promises which I have made unto thee, Nephi, and also unto thy father. Now, if you remember, the Lord promised Nephi and Lehi that their seed would not be utterly destroyed, that he would reach his hand again and save that seed. And so the Book of Mormon is a tool in doing that. And then finally, the last one is that the words of your seed should proceed forth out of my mouth unto your seed. That would be really cool for Nephi to understand, don't you think? Like if the Lord said, hey, your seed is going to go astray, they're going to be wicked, but someday they are going to read your words and it's your words that are going to bring them back to me. So that's a really cool promise that the Lord gives Nephi there. Now, the interesting thing is that in the same chapter, the Lord also warns how the Book of Mormon would be received by a lot of people. In verse 6, it says that the people would say, a Bible, 
a Bible, we have a Bible, and we need no more Bible. Now, that verse always makes me laugh when I read it, because when I was serving a mission in Peru, we were on the street, and we met a man who was super excited for us to come and teach him. And when we got there, we found out that he had been a minister in a different church for years and years and years. And so we're like, okay, like, let's talk to this guy. And so we taught him and we talked to him. And then when we started talking about the Book of Mormon, I kid you not, he looked at us and he was like, Book of Mormon? What is that? It's, you're just trying to replace the Bible. And then he said, a Bible? We have a Bible and there is no need for another Bible. Like, word for word, I'm not even kidding, except it was in Spanish. And you should have seen my face. Like, my eyes probably got as big as saucers. I look over at my companion like, oh my heck, did you just hear that? Like, prophecy, I love it. But so many people think that way. That Heavenly Father taught the people over in Jerusalem and in that area of the world, and that he didn't speak to people over here. And that all his knowledge, all his wisdom, everything that he ever wanted man to know, he taught there. And it was put in the Bible and that there is nothing else. But the Book of Mormon teaches us that that isn't true. In fact, I want to talk about the fact that the Book of Mormon has come forth in the latter days. What does that teach us about God and his attributes? So let's take a look first in verse 7. Verse 7 says, Know ye not that there are more nations than one? Know ye not that I, the Lord your God, have created all men, and that I remember those who are upon the isles of the sea, and that I rule in the heavens above and in the earth beneath? And I bring forth my word unto the children of men, yea, even upon all the nations of the earth. So it teaches us that God created everyone, and that he remembers everyone, and that his word is meant for everyone. When the scriptures say that God doesn't distinguish between his children, the Book of Mormon is proof of that, that he loves all his children, and that he, his doctrines and his word is for all of them. Verse 8 says, Wherefore murmur ye, because that ye shall receive more of my word? Know ye not that a testimony of two nations is a witness unto you that I am God, and that I remember one nation like unto another? Wherefore, I speak the same words unto one nation like unto another. And when the two nations shall run together, the testimony of two nations shall run together also. So I love this. This idea that God speaks to all his children everywhere. And that those two testimonies were meant to come together to be a dual testimony of Jesus Christ. That we have the Bible because God called prophets in the old world, and he spoke to them, and he taught them, and he directed them, and he commanded them to write, but that just as God had children there and wanted to speak to them there, God has children here in the Americas, and he wanted to speak to them too, so he called prophets here, and he spoke to them here, and he commanded them to write here, just as he did in Jerusalem, and that now that we have the Book of Mormon, the Book of Mormon and the Bible go hand in hand to be a joint testimony of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Just as it says in Ezekiel 37, The stick of Judah and the stick of Joseph are one in our hand. Verse 9 says, And I do this that I may prove unto many that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that I speak forth my words according to my own pleasure. This is meaningful to us, because if God spoke to all of his children through prophets then, 
and if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we can know and we can have faith and assurity that he can and will speak to his children through prophets now. It's a greater testimony of the process of our Father in heaven, that his process has always been to call prophets, to speak to them, to give them power here on earth, and to have them speak to us and to teach us. Now the rest of verse 9 says, And because that I have spoken one word, ye need not suppose that I cannot speak another. For my work is not yet finished, neither shall it be until the end of man, neither from that time henceforth and forever. God's work is not done. We have living prophets on the earth today. In fact, if you think about it, what is the work that the Lord is trying to accomplish through the prophet today? Now, I'm recording this a couple days ahead, but just today, the prophet of God spoke to us. And he talked about all the times in the scriptures where God commands us to hear Christ. All the different times when God says, hear him. He wanted to ask us, how do we hear him today? What are we doing to hear him? He's also asked us to give a priority to studying the restoration of the gospel. He has something. He's trying to teach us something. And he's using the prophet to teach us those things today. I love that the coming forth of the Book of Mormon teaches us that God is not a respecter of persons. He treats one as he treats the other. He created us all, he remembers us all, and his word is to us all. It teaches us that God speaks to his children everywhere, regardless of where we are. He teaches us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that we can trust that his pattern still holds true. And it teaches us that God's work isn't finished that it didn't end when the Savior died on the cross, and it didn't end when the last apostle scribed the last words in the New Testament, but that his work lives on today through the Book of Mormon and through modern-day prophets and apostles. It's my testimony that he teaches us and that he guides us and he leads us through living leaders today. And as we follow them, we can find safety in this world today. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Make sure to subscribe, to like, to comment, and to share this podcast. This is Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.